Thank you for joining us for the Breakthrough Podcast with Pastor Danny Anderson. I'm Rachel Long, and you are with us for part two of two of a conversation that Pastor Danny had with Brad Lominick. So if you missed episode seven of the podcast, you probably want to go back and listen to that. There was a wealth of information there, but you're lucky you're here today because we left you with a cliffhanger last month. And we're going to jump right in with Brad and Pastor Danny as Brad Lominick helps us find a breakthrough in our career. So in your story also, I know that you did take a sabbatical and you did have people to walk you through the process. Uh, can you can you speak to that? Like most people would not think, I need to take some time away to think th- about this or I need to get a, a coach or a mentor. What what motivated you to do that? Were you did was that your idea? And 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 how important was the sabbatical and this person? I think his name was Steve. Yeah, your Steve friend Cochran. Steve. Yeah. Uh, you know, speak speak to that a little bit. Well, I'm so a lot of it's the way you're wired. Um, I'm a three on the Enneagram. Hmm. I'm an ENTJ. I will kill myself on the Myers Briggs. Just for yes, those Myers Briggs. My listeners, you know I will that? actually destroy myself in pursuit of the mountaintop mm-hmm. without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. So the only way that I can, many times, my personality, my my wiring, the only way I'll walk away from something is if forced to by by another change agent. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, Steve and the process was the thing that forced me to actually take time to stop mm-hmm. and evaluate. Some people are wired just the opposite, though. Some people are more wired to actually stop and evaluate way too much. Right. They, they get the paralysis of analysis. Yeah. Like they, they, they can't even, they can't make a decision. But for me, it was important that I had somebody who would walk through that with me and actually, mm-hmm. again, shoot Callus Brad in the head. Mm. Like that season's over. We love mm-hmm. him, but it's time to move on. Right. Because otherwise, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have given myself permission to step back, evaluate, yeah. and then go, you know what? Like it's time to move on, man. Yeah. This season, this was a great season, but mm-hmm. let's, let's move to the next thing. So a lot of it is, is your own personality mm-hmm. and knowing yourself, being self aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, but many, most of us, it takes somebody else to help us walk through that process. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like we don't feel like we don't want to walk away from something and feel like we quit. Even though I didn't quit, it was just time to move to a new season. Right. I did. I I did what I I, I took what God gave me and stewarded it the best way I knew how for a season. But many times we Brett Favre it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't Barry Sanders it, you know? Right. And I wish Barry Sanders would have played much longer oh, for man, the Lions. Me too. Right? But even that, we, we look at him and we go, man, we wanted more of you, Barry. Yeah. Where Brett Favre, we, I love Brett Favre, but he stayed too long. Yeah, he did. Fans were going, okay, Brett, like it's time to go do the, the copper fit <laughs> commercials now, buddy. <laughs> like, you know, move back to Mississippi and. He looks good in those commercials. Though. He does. He moves well. But but I don't I, I want to as a leader and this is a leadership practice that I think is really important is you want to always find people or put yourself in the place as a leader at any stage whether you're in charge or you're the intern or you're the the youth pastor or you're the 
the the middle manager, mm-hmm. part of your job is to replace yourself. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And we think it's only true when you get to the top of the food chain, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. It has to be true at all stages of life, as well as even when I'm a middle schooler, part of my job is to mentor the elementary kid. Mm-hmm. When I'm a high schooler, part of my job is to mentor the middle schooler. When I'm a college student, part of my job is to mentor the high schooler. You get my point. Like mm-hmm. every season of life, this is apprenticeship. This is this is this goes back to the way we were sort of formed in terms of the agrar- agrarian society. You know, we we watched our fathers or those who came before us. And we modeled what they did, and then we started to do it, and then we handed it off to those behind us. Hmm. That's, it. That's so good. Yeah. So, can you speak to the, the the sabbatical piece a little bit? You know, that's taking the break. Um, is that part of your wiring as well? Just kind of how? No, not at all. No, <laughs> I'm not. I, 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 mean, I never people... would take a sabbatical right. unless forced to. Yeah. The only reason I was I took one was because Steve Cockrum, who mm-hmm. I mentioned, yeah. we were having breakfast. Uh, this was in August of 2013, and he looked at me and said, "You're done." Mm. It's like, what do you mean I'm done? Like, you mean uh, I'm not done? I've still got stuff on the plate here. Right. He said, Catalyst "No, you're is going great. Things yeah, yeah. Are, things are moving. We shaking. were up into the right, man. Yeah. We every every measurable, yeah, was the best ever mm. at that point. But he said, "You're done," and he kept saying it. It's like, well, what, okay, what does that mean? He said, "You need to take a break." And what I didn't realize was that he knew me well enough to see all of that unhealthy stuff was starting to surface mm. in me, yeah. Re- regardless of whether I needed to step away. Mm-hmm. That was a whole other conversation, but it was just that sense of like that you're actually becoming dysfunctional as a leader, even though you're leading a leadership movement. Mm. You're he not had the, just written a book on leadership. Exactly. <laughs> like the, earlier that year, I was you know, supposed to be the expert in quotes, quotations, but I was becoming dysfunctional. Mm. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have stopped though without him forcing me to. Yeah. Again, I would have just cl- kept climbing the mountain, right. And running over people and leaving people in the ditch. Yeah. Without somebody actually saying no, stop, mm-hmm. stop, stop. Mm-hmm. You need to stop and reflect and step back and and have some space. Yeah. And through that space, then it was clear. God spoke, and it was clear. Like, Brad, this has been a great season, but it's time to do something else. So. You know, I'm I'm hearing that the sabbatical, the time away. You know, you allow Steve to speak in your life. Most people would they 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 don't they haven't empowered others to have that kind of influence in their life, uh, especially on issues of their job and their life and how's it going. How, what would you say to the person that, that that wouldn't even think to ask a friend or and you know say, hey, I'm really struggling. What do you think about my situation? You have any encouragement to them? Because it's it was incredibly valuable for you. Sure, you know I can hear you. I've heard you talk about Steve and the sabbatical and how it really gave you the clarity you needed. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is that if you want external <clears throat> help, in meaning that if you want to get better, mm-hmm. which everybody raises their hand when when you ask anyone in the world the question, "Do you want to get better?" Everybody raises their hand. Mm-hmm. So part of the way you get better is that you allow people around you to speak into your life. Mm. Well, how do you do that? Here's what happens. The, the higher you go up the ladder of power, the less people will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Also, the less people will just tell you, period. Mm. So for me, I was at the highest level of power within my little subculture, right? So nobody wanted to say, Brad, like the other day, you were really, really short with me. Mm. And I'm starting to notice a pattern. 
Nobody was willing to say that, mm-hmm. except for somebody who was far, far enough away, Steve. Right. And he didn't care. Like, he had nothing. He, I didn't pay his paycheck. Right. No skin in the game. No skin in the game, other mm-hmm. than I care about you, Brad. Right. I want to see the best for you. So you have to invite it. That's so good. As a leader, like, this is part of your job. You know, wherever you are in, in life, you have to invite people to speak in. And the more responsibility, the more power, the more title, mm-hmm. the, the further up the food chain you are in the organization... If you're asking people around you who work in the organization, the less they will tell you. Hmm. So that that is that is always going to be true, and so you have to invite it even more. That's good. Every time you have to say, "Who are the people that I have speaking into my life that have no agenda with me? They could care less one way or the other." And friends should do that for you, mm-hmm. but a lot of times friends actually aren't the best people to do that. Because they they they've been blinded or clouded by what's going on mm-hmm. in the everyday life. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the best people to speak truth into you are those who are close enough to know what's really going on, but they're not too close to be blinded by just the normalities. Right. Okay. So can you tell us, um, you know, when you got to that point, how did you know for sure? Okay, it is time. I mean, other than Steve, Steve spoke into you, your life. Hey, you got to go. We got to, we got to kill Catalyst, Brad. Yeah. How did you know for sure in your heart this is time for me to step away? I didn't. You didn't. No, that's faith, man. Hmm. I didn't know. I mean, I, I thought that was true mm-hmm. based on what I was praying for, what I was sensing, what I was hearing, what people were saying to me. But I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I had no clear plan, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do next. And No, and again, my story is an asterisk. That's why I keep saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not telling people, I'm not encouraging people or advising people, hey, walk away and just, just stop, do a sabbatical, and then figure it out. Because mm-hmm. I have a different story. Right. Like right. a lot of people have three kids in, co- in, in high school and about to go to college. Like me. And they've got a mortgage. Right. And they've got like, you know, three car payments and... Yeah. and and you go, well, wait a second. Like, that seems stupid. You're yeah. right. Yeah. That is stupid. Do not do that. <laughs> do not do that. Okay. Don't, so, don't follow so let my me, lead. Let me stop you there and say, you know, to the person who's thinking, oh, yeah, that must be nice. You know, right. you just walk away from your job and take yeah. a sabbatical and go to London and, oh, you must have a nice life. Right. I can't do that. I hate my job. Yeah. I'm not engaged. I'm not passionate. I'd love to change. But. And, they, and these are two different scenarios, Danny. Like, one scenario is. That man, I loved what I did. Mm. It fueled everything in me. In mm-hmm. fact, I was I was so passionate about it; it was overtaking me. Again, it was getting wrapped into my identity. Right, right. A lot of people they would they would say, "I don't want any part of my current job," which is which is you know the same as assignment. Job is the same as assignment. Right. I don't want any part of my job to become my identity because I hate what I do. Mm. In fact, if I could do anything else, I would. Those are two different scenarios. Right. One scenario is knowing when to knowing knowing when to sort of step away into the next season, even though you loved what you did. Mm-hmm. The other one is I hate what I do. Hate your Can assignment. I please yeah, go I step into a new assignment as quick as possible? <laughs> right. Those okay. are two different scenarios. Right. So so let's go with the one where because this is the one that I think hits most people. I do not like my assignment. Yes. I'm frustrated. I don't like my employees. It's I'm not gifted in this. Or maybe I am gifted. I just don't, but I don't feel called to it. There you go. Or I, it's not enough money. Yep. Or just speak to that person who's frustrated, but they don't have the luxury of maybe walking away because of current, you know, bills, responsibilities, or yep. you know, well, here, what would you say to them? So the first thing is this: we gotta we gotta back 
the whole process back up. And we've got to start over and say, okay, let's get as much data as possible to understand what really, what have you been wired with and what passions do you have where we can start to see some, some breadcrumbs of calling. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we ended up in something because our parents did it, because it felt like it was going to be the most, um, the, the most sort of gratifying or mm-hmm. honoring. For me, it was politics. Like, mm-hmm. that was it. It was like, oh, I should do that because that'll be cool and all my friends will really mm-hmm. think I'm a big mm-hmm. deal if I'm a senator from the state of mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. great. But we got to back up the truck and start over and start to then figure out, well, what is what, what are the things in me that I'm deeply passionate about and that I'm wired to do? Okay, that's good. That's so a good place to start. That, that goes back to lots of self-assessments. Mm-hmm. I mean, personality tests. As many things as you can take and today, there's more things that are free than ever hmm. to be able to help you evaluate sort of what's your starting point. Because you, be you may be in accounting, and then you, if you're really honest and you start to navigate some of these questions, you, you go back and go, I actually hate math. <laughs> Why am I showing up Monday through Friday working on math and spreadsheets yeah. when at the end of the day, I was wired to be with people. Intrinsically, yes, yeah. to be with people. Right. Mm. What, how did I end up here? Yeah. Okay, so th- that's just one example. That's great. Um, th- there's a lot of people, though, that if they start to navigate those questions, they'll see that they ended up probably in a, a job they started in right out of college or in their 20s, and they just kept getting promoted. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're stuck in, in this thing. Track, They've got a right? really good salary, mm-hmm. and they look around and go, if I could do anything else, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's the good news too. More than ever before, this is now something that you can actually go do. Meaning mm-hmm. this, that there's more opportunities for you to actually, in some ways, build your own economy mm-hmm. than have ever existed. Yeah, meaning talk that about that. That's really good. We live in the project generation now. Forty mm. percent uh, of the U.S. workforce within the next couple of years will be in some form or fashion part time. Wow. That is a game changer. Yeah. Now, is it good or bad? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it morally right, morally wrong? I don't think it's either. I think it's neutral. Mm-hmm. 40%, though, of people who, who work are going to have some sort of moonlighting situation, mm-hmm. part-time. They're, they're hustling on the side with their side hustle. They've got like their own little business they're starting up. You know, so if we started to uncover and do even investigative reporting of people that we know, we would see that. Mm-hmm. I'm a good example of that. Like mm-hmm. I've got my own organization. It's just me. Right. And I create my own economy. So never before have we actually had more opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. The question then becomes, well, how do I do that? And when do I know when to jump? Well, okay, again, go back to don't be stupid. Right. You've got massive amounts of responsibility as a, as a mother or father to your family. And you've got all these things, all these things that they don't care whether you're working full-time or part-time or gig. They're saying, you need to pay that bill. Yeah. Don't be stupid. Right. Like, if you need to, if you need to have a 10-step plan over the next three years to start to look for, okay, I'm, I'm working in an insurance company. I really hate it. Everything about it I hate. I would love to be in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be a producer. Right. I've always watched The Voice, and it's something I just, I just you know, Everything within me would love to be connected to that industry. That's when I come alive. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, let's take like baby steps. Sure. Start to do some. Start to do some work and figure out: Is there something I could do on the side? Sure. 
that would allow me to get some experience in that world Mm -hmm. while also keeping my full-time job, even though I don't like going in every day. Mm-hmm. That, that's just a baby step. Sure. And at some point, those those worlds may flip. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you see an opportunity. and Maybe in the evenings when the kids go to bed. You or, got it. You know, if you have, you know, just in your spare time, start working on some, some but, other things. But here's, here's what's not true. Or here, here's where I have a hard time with, with, with someone who says, everything about what I do right now, Monday through Friday, is the opposite of what I ever thought I would do, and it's also the opposite of everything I love. Hmm. You got to get out of that. Hmm. Don't let yourself spend the next 20 or 30 years just that work being drudgery that gets you, again, to the weekend Mm -hmm. or gets you to vacation Mm -hmm. or finally at some point you get to retire. Mm -hmm. That's not good enough. No. That's not what God wants for you. That's not life. It is is not life. Torture. And many times the first step is just just giving yourself permission to actually think that way Mm -hmm. and then to start to think, well, how can I change that? Mm-hmm. And here's the great news too. If you have a fairly good boss or a fairly good manager or a fairly good leader, mm-hmm. they will help you actually navigate some of that. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants you to be stuck in something you hate. Yeah, miserable. Yeah, that, it's, that's, it's, that is not the existence of organizations mm-hmm. is to find people who we stick into something and then let's just keep them there even though they hate what they do. Mm-hmm. That's what the industrial revolution created with just being in a factory and doing widgets, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's not good enough anymore. Or we shouldn't just assume that that's the best expression of what it's going to be. It crushes a person's soul. It, it just to stay stuck in a career for that long that you hate. And so I agree hundred percent. And there's a difference again between do you are there parts of your job that don't fit you well that you have to do anyway? Yes. Yeah. yeah you you need to be faithful true. in those places that's and just go. True. You know what? Like. I don't really like doing this, but it's on my job description and I need right. to get it done. And I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do the best I know how to actually deliver the best product. That's faithfulness. Yeah. So that's and another everybody's piece Everybody's got to do that. You got it. Yeah. That's great. No, that's really good. So is there anything else you would say? You know, you, we, earlier we talked about, um, you kind of, I didn't even know that this was a possibility or but before we started uh, taping, you talked about, um, you know, taking classes at, at Arizona State through through Starbucks, and I'm like, I didn't even know that was a possibility. Can you speak to that? Not maybe not just that example, but that phenomenon that's happening today, yeah. and what that means for people. Yeah, the well, the bootstrap mentality or the entrepreneurial mentality, the the the, the ability for me to again to spin up something that actually allows me to work on things that I like to do and create enough of an economy that it allows me to live. Mm. That has never been truer than it is today. That's, a, that's an unbelievable statement. You're, it is. That has never been truer than it is today. Mm-hmm. Now, are some people still not aware of that? Sure. Mm. But in one example, there's many examples of how that's now turning the corner. So the gig economy, project, the project generation, is actually fueling changes in culture, meaning that Arizona State and Starbucks – they're now chasing, not chasing, that's the wrong way to say it. They're, the reality for them is that there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Starbucks employees mm. who would say, do I want to be a Starbucks employee forever? No, mm. but it is going to help probably jump me to the next thing. So why not capitalize on the fact that we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that are showing up serving me coffee 
but they don't really want to be a barista for the rest of their life. Right. They want to start their own business. They want to be in the retail world. They want to have a fashion company. They want to, you know, whatever. So Arizona State says, we'll partner with you to actually provide a four-year degree for them because here's what's going to happen if they don't. Starbucks is going to start their own university. Why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. To help actually fuel entrepreneurs because they know that that average person that's working for Starbucks is not going to stay at Starbucks forever. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of changes in, in, in business, in culture, in the broader economy that are, that are moving towards this new reality. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people say that the new reality is, it's like a movie studio. So when you think of the average movie that gets made in Hollywood, 90% of the people who work on a film don't work for that company. Hmm. If that makes sense. Hmm. You, hire, you hire a director, you hire a producer, you hire, uh, you hire actors. You, you, have this, you have hundreds of people who come together for a film. It's a project. Hmm. It takes nine months. And then they're done. And then they're done. They move on to the next film. Hmm. They don't work for... They don't work for Warner Brothers. Right. They right. don't work for uh, any of the other companies that are in the studio world. They just come together for that project. Hmm. That might be the future of what work looks like. Hmm. You know, wow. if you think about WeWork, you think about you know the fact that there's now a whole industry of places, actual proximity and places where people go to work. They pay a subscription because they don't go into an office. Hmm. They don't have a place that they call their their, their office. Their office. Yeah. Hmm. That's a whole new industry that's that's chasing hmm. or that is reflecting now where our culture is going. Wow. Again, which is which is project generation. Mm-hmm. It's when you ask me how do you get paid? Well, mm-hmm. I say how much time do you have? Mm-hmm. I get paid lots of ways. I have lots of projects I'm working on. Right. I spend lots of different plates. Right. And not that that has to be everybody else's norm. And it's not the ultimate expression, but it is something that's changing. So it sounds like you're what you're saying, maybe without using these words, is that if I'm in a position, if I'm in a job that I don't like, I don't feel passionate about, I'm not engaged, I don't feel like I'm using my skills, I don't like the people that I'm with, that I really don't have an excuse to stay there. That'd be, that's it's that, fair in that, some ways, <laughs> yes. Because it it's, it's all contextual, though. Because it, it might be that you're you're just bitter about your boss, hmm. and that you really do like what you do. But if you had a different boss, you you would go, man, I would stay here for the next twenty years, and I'm fulfilled, and I feel like most of what I get to work on is actually like leaning into the places that I've been wired to deliver the best expression of who I am and what I do, and right, you know. So, the, but yes, I would I would agree with you because of how the because of how the world has changed the options and the everything you just said because every 20 something and I'm I'm stereotyping mm. but every 20 something for the most part when 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 you start having this conversation like we're having with them they look at you cross-eyed and they go what are you talking about mm. getting stuck in your I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about getting stuck because they see the options you got it. Grown up in it. You got it. Now here's the dark side of options: is depression and anxiety. Mm. Because now I've got so many options, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. and I can't make a decision. So I'll just like stay at home and live in the basement. Mm. You know, that's the that's the dark side <laughs> of talk, options. I talk about that a lot. Yeah, and and that that is a true statement about about younger leaders, primarily millennials and Gen Z, 
is be- it's not because they're lazy hmm. for the most it's part. Overwhelmed. It's be- they're overwhelmed. You got it. There's so many possibilities. It's like, I don't even know what to do, so I'm just going to not do anything. I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what I'm passionate about. And I this don't know is what why, I'm skilled. This is why identity calling and assignment are so important. Because mm-hmm. if they don't get it figured out, they're going to walk through life schizophrenic. Man, that's They're going to so jump good. from project to project with no sense of, of the storyline or right. the arc that right. connects all those dots. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't mind somebody who has 15 to 18, 20, 25 seasons of assignment. As long as those that I can see where the calling There's a link through all of them. You got it. Because of the calling. You got it. Yeah. The the why statement starts yeah. to connect all those and yeah. I can see, oh, now it makes sense when I look back. Mm-hmm. Now I know why all of those seasons when they when they get added up together create a multiplying effect. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so since we've kind of come full circle back to the calling and the identity and the assignment. What would you say, as we, we're kind of coming to a close here, what would you say to a person saying, man, I don't have no idea what my calling is? Even to a person who's a Christian and they know their identity is a child of God uh, and, and they're somewhat secure in that, but they just, where would I, where would you tell them to start to kind of discover? I think, and you maybe already spoke to this about, you know, the, the passion and, and the skill level, but is there anything else you would add to that to a person that's like, I just don't know what my calling is? Yeah. Look back on your childhood. Mm. Your, your calling shows up early in life or, or sort of breadcrumbs of calling. Mm-hmm. You can start seeing it. We ask people who are around you, who are close to you, or that your friends, um, many times they'll have, the best, they'll have the best ability to see what you can't see because mm-hmm. sometimes your calling is so true in your life that you can't see it. But when you ask somebody else about it, they go, oh, I can... I can pinpoint yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're totally designed to do that. You got it. So for me, like I'm a connector. Yeah. That, that's part of my calling. I, I influence influencers, but part of what I do is I gather and connect leaders. Yeah. And I do it naturally because God's wired me with this intrinsic ability to do that. He has. But I didn't know what it was called until somebody actually spoke it over Interesting. me and said, this is what you do. And I went, really? Like, I thought everybody did that. Yeah. And they said, no, like you're, you're really wired to do that incredibly well. God has gifted you something, something deep in you. So right. people have to call it out of you many times. And I, that happened to me with my, you know, as I started to communicate more and more and more, people would say that. And I didn't know necessarily that that was, that was my calling. And they said, man, you really have a gift of speaking and, and touching people's heart through words. And, and now that I feel that deep in my heart. I'm called to use my words to help people come to Christ. There you go. Christ. So it's, and, and most, here's the thing too, most people make it really complicated and they, for some reason, especially those of us who are believers, somebody told us at some point, God doesn't want to reveal it to you. Hmm. It's so hard that you're never going to find it's it. It's mysterious. It's so mysterious. You're going to have to pray so earnestly over many years, and finally, at some point, maybe you'll get a little glimpse. Hmm. That is such incorrect theology. Hmm. It's not. That's not, not true. Mm-hmm. God wants us to be in our sweet spot of our calling. Mm-hmm. What so, makes you come alive? Where's your skill level? You got it. Yeah. So part of it is is don't feel like it's this magic formula that's only at the end of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's right in front of you many times. Right. And sometimes it's just this fact that. You're, you're willing to let yourself find it and discover it based on the people around you, 
and you know, go, go back to the things that you love to do. What do you do? What do you like to do if nobody pays you? Mm, if money great, is no object. That's so good. You know, and it, the, 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 the bad side of this is the American Idol syndrome, which is, well, I just was made to sing. Okay, that's passion, but it's <laughs> but not strength. Maybe not skill. <laughs> that's where strength and passion have to come together. Because American Idol, you watch these kids and they, they go, sing. oh, I, I was made to sing. I'm yeah. like, no, you weren't. Because you can't hold a tune. And somebody was not honest with you. <laughs> you got it. Or, or somebody who says, well, at the end of the day, like, I really feel called to be, you know, a professional basketball player. Well, that's great. Yeah. You're 5'7", slow, <laughs> and can't shoot. That's a lot of passion, but yeah. no skill, right? right. Um, and then the other side is always true. Like, I have a lot of skill in something, but I may not be incredibly passionate about it. So, that's so good. Don't, don't, make it, don't make it so complicated. That's great. That's good. Well, Brad, this has been such an, in, an incredibly rich conversation. I hope the listeners got value from it. If they're feeling stuck in their job and they're looking for a way to kind of move out of it into something else, um, before we before we wrap up, what's what's next on the horizon for you? What are you what are you uh, thinking about? Uh, what's the next assignment? Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know. I was just just curious. Wanted to throw that out. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I love what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. The season I'm in is that I get to, I get to um, try to impact or advise those who are gathering thousands. Mm-hmm. The season before was I gathered the thousands right. and impacted them directly. Now I'm gathering the tens who actually impact the thousands. So this season is. You know, it is. It, it it feels like it's the right season to be in right now. Mm-hmm. I think the the what I'm sensing, especially even just with where things are headed, is that the average um, the the ability to curate is actually something that for me is both what I'm spending a lot of time doing as well as what I'm thinking about in the future. Mm-hmm. So the aggregator, the curator, the the person the gatherer of information. You got it. Like yeah. that's where it's not just where the power is, but it's also where the most impact can happen from. And that's not always been true. You know, so the idea of the conductor, the expert. Is the, that what you the, mean? Well, no, the conductor meaning that those who those who play in the orchestra are the experts that play in the tuba oh, gotcha. or the clarinet. Yeah. The conductor doesn't play an instrument. Hmm. But they are they're orchestrating something that's beautiful. And you know what? What seemed to be for me a season of being the expert. Now I'm trying to move towards being more of a conductor. That's great. Yeah, you're doing a great job. You're helping me for sure, as as one of those people that's trying to gather thousands. So I we, I appreciate your your influence in my life, and I can see it in the lives of uh, other people. So uh, where can uh, where can we follow you if I'd appoint my audience to a place to kind of get more of your stuff? Um, uh, First and last name dot com, Brad Lominick. That's L O M E N I C K dot com. All the social media outlets the same. I don't really post a lot, so I'm I'm kind of a lousy follow these yeah, days. I noticed that. On social media. Just follow Danny. It's just a <laughs> it's don't follow me, follow Danny. Brad's in a season, what'd you call it? A season of silence? Is no, that... not a silence. Oh. I just I'm I'm listening, I'm not speaking oh, much okay. on social media. So. so and I'm not anti, I'm very pro social media. I'm okay. just not posting a lot right gotcha, now because gotcha. I want to be a listener instead of be a, a, a voice. You're very, very humble. That's, that's good. 
Um, if you haven't read Brad's books, uh, I, I strongly recommend them. The Catalyst Leader, H3 Leadership. Really, I'm not just saying that, but I really appreciated the, the hungry, humble hustle, those three words. Uh, very, very good book. So, uh, and hopefully, somebody had a breakthrough today. Listen yeah, to this. Yeah, I think you know, so. That's our goal. Is is you? You're listening and you're feeling something stirring in you, or you're you you are showing up to a job where you just, if you're honest, you're like, man, I wish I could do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, know know that God has something for you, though. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the encouragement I would make. Just to sort of close out my thoughts is is um, God's not holding you back on purpose. There's something you can actually move into that's going to be going to be the fulfillment of many things in your life that he's wired you to do and also you love to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't uh, you can be incredibly frustrated at this point and mm-hmm. think this is it, like this is my existence for the next 20 years. Um, take some courage in that that the the days are going to get better and just take some steps. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't make a massive change, but maybe just take a couple of steps and start figuring out what is it that would fuel me? And let's move towards that. I love it. So good. Well, hopefully you guys are blessed today by Mr. Brad Lominick. Thank you so much for being with us here today. And uh, we uh, look forward to joining you again next week for another episode next month, next month for another episode of the Breakthrough Podcast. Thanks, Brad. You got it. What a helpful conversation for those of us that are wanting to have a breakthrough in our career. You know, Pastor Danny always says you forget 90% of what you don't write down. So I really, really hope that you were able to take notes over this conversation and that you picked up the things that Brad was saying about identity calling and role. And if you didn't, the great thing is you can go back and listen to episode seven and eight again. We're so thankful that you join us each month, and we hope that this was a blessing to you. If you would like to find more information about Brad, you can go to bradlominick.com, or we have some links for you in the podcast notes. And if you would like to find more information about Emmanuel Church, the church that Pastor Danny leads, you can go to eclife.com. We're always grateful you join us, and we would love for you to rate us and review us on any platform that you listen to podcasts. We hope to have you back next month and share this podcast with a friend.